Welcome to the Rich Neely Show. I am your host, Rich Neely. How are you guys doing? I, I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I hope you guys are having a great day. If not, say you're just having one of those down days. Uh, try to figure out what you can do to get out of this funk. That's what I like to call it. I like to call it a funk. Get out of it as fast as you can. Just, just run away from it. See what you can do to surround yourself with some positive energy and see what you can do to get out of it. Because the longer you stay in this funk the harder it's going to be for you to get out of it. I know these are some hard times we're living in. There's a lot of weird, wacky things going on. But if you can figure out some way to get out of this funk and figure out some way to get moving and to find that level of prosperity, that level of joy and happiness, go for it. Whatever it takes. In this video podcast, I'm also on, if you're watching this here on YouTube, I'm also loading these up on Spotify. So you can always find me at Spotify. If you found me on Spotify, you can always watch these videos and see my handsome mug on the YouTube channel, uh, The Rich Neely Show. You can just type in Rich Neely. That's N-E-E-L-Y. I want to get back to my part two of the word relentless. What it takes to become relentless and the rewards that come from being relentless uh, towards your goals and your dreams. I'm going to share a story, one of my favorite childhood memories. Now, I know in part one, I talked a little bit about baseball. And, I, and as I mentioned before in previous videos, 90% uh, of my childhood was baseball. But here's, here's the deal. B before you turn that dial, before you uh, flip the channel or uh, click away, just know that you don't have to be a baseball fan to appreciate this story that I'm going to share with you. I grew up in the Bay Area of California, but I was I grew up being a, a Los Angeles Dodgers fan. That was because of my dad. My dad uh, was born and raised in Southern California, and he remembers when the Dodgers moved from Brooklyn to Los Angeles and they played it there at the Coliseum. And so it's 1988, and it's it's Game One of the uh, World Series between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Oakland Athletics. Now, th th this story, I have shared this story with family and friends countless times. I could literally sit here for two hours and give you every little emotion, every little detail, what happened to that at-bat uh, between Kurt Gibson uh, against uh, Dennis Eckersley. But one important thing you do have to understand, going into game one of this World Series, Kurt Gibson, he was the, the best offensive player for the Los Angeles. Dodgers. I mean, he was the the spark plug. He was the clutch. Whatever. He was the captain. He was the cheerleader. He he was the all. Oh, okay. He was the heart and soul of that batting order for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the the funny thing is that he didn't have the most impressive numbers. His numbers were impressive, but he, there were plenty of other players, not just in, in all of baseball, but even in, in the National League, that had better numbers than him. But as I mentioned, he was the heart and soul of this team. He later on got the uh, the award for the most valuable player there in the National League, which was unheard of with the lower numbers that he had. It was, it was unheard of. But whether you love or hate the Dodgers, you have to admit, if you are familiar with the story, Kurt Gibson was the heart and soul and did some phenomenal things for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers team that year. Now, Kurt Gibson, he was a veteran. He, he'd been around for a while. He'd been playing baseball. He used to play for the Detroit Tigers. And, but he also played college football. Because of playing college football and him being a veteran, he already had, but going into the season, he already had bad knees. His knees were, were, were pretty much uh, deteriorating. He even had a pulled uh, hamstring as well. I mean, he, he went into game one 
unannounced. He was not even expected or let alone scheduled to play. He was not even expected to play at all. I mean, he he was in that bad of shape. What did him in and and brought him to this was just days before in uh, the the National League uh, playoffs against New York Mets. It was either game six, maybe been game five or even game seven. I can't remember which game it was. He took a hard slide into second base he was trying to break up a double play and he went feet first and somehow it just jolted and and just mashed his knees up i mean his knees were just done very sad situation unfortunately the dodgers uh the fans their spirits were were really depleted and and just down because he was not going to play and they're going into the uh, the bottom of the ninth inning and the Dodgers are down by only one run, thankfully, thanks to some good pitching that they did have. They're down one run, and the Dodgers just, you know, he, hey, if they lose this game without Kirk Gibson, and they're even playing at home, you know, this this is not looking good for the Dodgers. Now, sure, they still got, you know, this is best of seven series, so they still have more of a chance, but without their their drive, without their heart and soul of the team the, with Kirk Gibson, uh, things were just really looking uh, not good uh, for, for the Dodgers. Now, all year long, Kurt Gibson displayed relentless. Okay, he, he, he always went the extra mile, and he was always relentless in winning the game. I mean, he had, had done all season long, he had made some outstanding, incredible plays that, that would just get the team fired up. He had that drive and that magical uh, spirit about him to, to, to lift the team uh, during tough times. Well, as you can imagine, Kurt Gibson, being the athlete that he is and being the leader that he is, this was very difficult for him sitting in the clubhouse, uh, just listening to the broadcasters, the announcers. Bob Costas was one of them with NBC. And of course, there was the famous Vin Scully. And Kurt Gibson, he just, he knew how much the team was hurting without him. And he knew he had to get up there and swing that bat. So he he numbs up his his legs, his knees with ice. He's he's down in the clubhouse. He's t- he's taking swings off the uh, the tee, uh, getting ready to, to to so he you know loosen up his swing so he can go out there and tell his manager, the coach Tommy Lasorda, hey, I, I'll go out there and give you what I got. Now at this moment in time, you can hear Vin Scully the broadcaster the announcing you know play by play saying looking in the dugout oh, we can't see Kurt Gibson anywhere and then all of a sudden after two outs bottom of the ninth inning we see Kurt Gibson on the television set emerging from the clubhouse into the dugout now you have to understand I'm a young man at this time I'm a, I'm a child I'm, I'm pretty young and when I saw Kurt Gibson hobbling around in, in the dugout I thought man th- this is this is insane he can't bat he can't swing you know, th- this is going to not end good. Probably even more Dodger fans were probably hopeful for what Kirk Gibson was going to do, that he was going to light uh, fire and he was going to make some sparks fly. For me at this moment, I was just, I had my head down in the cushions of the couch as I'm watching this on at home with my dad, thinking that I can't stand to watch this. This is just, this is going to be disastrous. Sure enough, with two outs, Mike Davis, he gets to the walk. He's heading over to first base. And then you can hear Vin Scully saying, look, who's coming up? Sure enough, it was Kurt Gibson dragging his big bat kind of bet practically hobbling and, and you could see i mean you're watching that anyone watching this video can see kurt gibson was in a lot of pain but the pressure was mounting on him he had his team on his shoulders 
and the fans were just behind him and he just he this was something he knew he had to do i mean i cannot personally think of a childhood experience in my life where i witnessed and watched someone be relentless now kurt gibson he's going to be facing the best relief pitcher in all of major league baseball Dennis Eckersley, he, he led the majors in saves. He had like 45 saves during the regular season, and plus he had a phenomenal ap appearance in, in the playoffs prior to this World Series. So, so there was no better uh, qualified relief pitcher to have be, been pitching at this moment in this scenario, in this type of a situation. Kurt Gibson, he's up there. He's swinging. He, he fouls off the first two pitches. He finds himself in the hole, an 0-2 count, zero balls and two strikes with, with two outs. Mike Davis is threatening to get into scoring position by stealing second base. Dennis Eckersley uh, throws some balls, some outside pitches to Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson takes them. You know, he had a good eye. I mean, Kurt Gibson could not have been more in focus with this. He has these injuries. He's hurting, and, and you can see him. I mean, he's just hobbling and wobbling, and he's just shaking his legs. I mean, you can tell. Uh, he even had a little uh, uh, a little number that just went down the first baseline. Eventually, it went foul, thankfully. Uh, but th at this moment, you could see him running to first base, and it was like, watch. imagine someone like me, overweight, trying to run out of the box, the batter box. I mean, it was just, it was, it was really heart-wrenching to watch. And as I said, I continued during this whole at-bat, I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to blow it, this isn't going to work out, and I can't stand to watch it, and I kept putting my head down in the cushion. But my dad kept saying... Richard, you know, the game's not over yet. Keep watching, you know, keep watching. You, you know, it's not over. Kirk Gibson, he had, he had a foul, fouling off a bunch more pitches. Uh, I think he had like, he received like a total of eight pitches from Dennis Eckersley. He was on a full count, three balls, two strikes, two outs, down by one run. He represents the winning run. I don't think anyone was expecting Kirk Gibson to hit a home run. I think if any, but if you listen to Vin Scully, he was even pointing out the fact that hey, if all Kirk Gibson, if he could just slap a little number out into the outfield and get a single base hit, that could score uh, Mike Davis from second base, and that would uh, buy the Dodgers uh, some more opportunities by tying the game, maybe going to extra innings. And and I think that's kind of probably what most people were hoping for. I don't think anyone was, was really expecting Kirk Gibson to go for the win ah but kurt gibson his focus man his head was in the game and he remembered he stepped back if you watch the video now i know this now because of future uh, uh later on down the road interviews that kurt gibson did he shared this and but he steps back from that last and final pitch uh that he took and he he, he remembered a scouting report on what type of a pitch dennis eckersley likes to throw what type of a pitch and where and if I remember right, I, I believe it was a breaking ball uh, down and down and away. And Kirk Gibson remembered this. So he collected himself. He was able to clear his thoughts. He stepped into that batter box one, one more time. And sure enough, Dennis Eckersley threw the pitch exactly where the type of pitch, right where Kirk Gibson knew or had a hunch where it was going to go. He reached down low and he reached out there and he just sailed that ball over the right field fence for the win now, i would love to show you guys this video uh, i just don't want to violate any copyrights uh, from major league baseball or from nbc but i've got this uh, picture here hope you guys can see that uh, this is a picture of kurt gibson after he hit that home run i believe this is after he rounded first base the, the missus my, my wife sh she gave this to me oh i think it was about three four years ago uh, this was a christmas gift but this this was kurt gibson 
this was before his famous uh, fist pump. You know, as he rounded second base, you know, he ran, he pumped his fist up to, to pump life back into his team. I learned a valuable lesson uh, from this moment in time. Uh, he, you know, I was 12 years old. I was just a kid. I was just a young kid. I'd been playing uh, Little League Baseball uh, since I was young. So I was, like I said, 90% of my life was baseball. This was a perfect example. This is what I needed in my childhood to learn how that, Hey, you know what? No matter how down you're feeling, no matter how the, the physical pain that you're feeling, no matter how much pain you're experiencing. And, and, and you, perhaps you got parts of your body that just literally are not working the way they're supposed to, or the way you've always expected them, the way you've always counted on them to work for you. No matter how down you are, we can choose to be like Kirk Gibson at that moment in time, relentless. And that's exactly what Kirk Gibson displayed at that moment. On that late night of October 15th, 1988, Kirk Gibson did not go down gentle into that night. Oh no, he raged. He raged against the forces that told him that he could not do it, that he should not even, even try. He put his neck on the line. He could have failed in front of the world. This is a satellite broadcast, millions and millions of viewers. He could have let his team down. He could let his fans down, but he was relentless. He did what he had to do. It was, it was his job. It was his duty. It was his responsibility to lead. Not only did Kirk Gibson and the Dodgers survive that night, but they went for the win. Would you believe Kirk Gibson had no more at-bats the rest of that World Series or the rest of the games? That's all it took. It just took that one moment to drive the team and lift their spirits up. And the entire team just carried that momentum. The Dodgers, they pulled it off. They went on to become world champions. It was definitely a team effort, no doubt about it. But you can't discredit the fact of what Kirk Gibson did at that at that night, at that moment. Now, as you can imagine, as a 12-year-old for me at that moment, that was a heavy, heavy, wonderful lesson that I had learned. I was thinking negatively. I, I was worried that he was going to fail in so much that there was a part of me that was wishing that he was not up to at bat. I was wishing that Tommy Lasorda had had someone else come up to bat. Why? Because Kirk Gibson was down. He was injured. And I didn't think he had what it took to be the hero because he was so badly down. He was so badly injured. Little did I know that I was going to be able to use that moment, use that example from Kirk Gibson throughout my life. Number one, not just to shake off my injuries and my problems, my personal problems, being down, but to be relentless. You know, me, as a father, I, I have children. I have lots of children. There has been plenty of moments where I was, you know, if you don't know, if you're watching this for the first time, I, I experienced a divorce. My ex uh, brought on a, an ugly divorce for me right at the peak of when I was building a, a new business. That was going to be our future. I can't imagine there ever really being a good time for a, uh, a divorce, but maybe in some cases there are. But when, when you're not expecting it and you're putting your heart and soul and your, your blood into this family and you're building a new career, starting a new business like I was at that time. I've been an entrepreneur since 1995, but I'm in the middle of starting to build this business. My, my ex could not have picked a worse time to tell me that she wanted a divorce. And, and there were several months I had to put this building of this business on hold 
literally so I could try to save my marriage. Unfortunately, they didn't need to be, but she chose to make things ugly. It was it was a very ugly situation. And as you can imagine, being a father, being a provider, I wasn't physically down. I wasn't physically injured like Kurt Gibson was at the moment, but I was emotionally broken. But I had to overcome being broken. I had to stop feeling sorry for myself. I had to find it in me to find that drive again, that spark, that fire, because I knew my children were counting on me, but not, I didn't just do it for them. I did it for myself too, because I wanted to be happy. I am a happy person. I've always been a happy, successful person. So I wasn't just like a, a mule, uh, just gonna just, you know, carry the family through. I wanted it for myself. I tell you, it wasn't easy. It was very challenging. You know, I had all this negativity coming at me and it wasn't just from my ex. It was from family and, and friends who wanted to believe all of her lies about how I had done her wrong and I had done things wrong. There were plenty of times I felt like I only had a few that had my back and that were there to be a support for me. And most of the time, for the most part, I felt like I was alone and, and everyone was working and fighting against me. But I cannot reiterate enough just how much that childhood memory of mine that I had when I was 12 from Kurt Gibson. Sure, different uh, ball game, different playing field, different scenarios. But the fact that Kurt Gibson did not give up and he, he gave it his all, he did everything that he could do to pull through was a moment in time that I found myself applying for me later on down the road. So I say this to you. If you are having a hard time, if you're feeling down for whatever reason, whether it be emotionally or physically, boy, I'll tell you, I'd, I'd rather be down physically than emotionally. Emotionally is, is, is the hardest. But if you're going through a hard time right now, find a way to overcome it. Maybe you've been in this down funk situation for, for years. Uh, you know what? Here's the deal. If you continue to allow yourself to be in this funk for another couple more years, it's going to be whatever duration of time, it's going to make it even harder to get out. The longer you stay in here in this down state, the, the longer it's going to take for you to recover and to, and to get out of this. Let today be that moment in time for you that you choose to say, you know what? I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm not going to let this stand anymore. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out of this situation. I'm going to do better. And you may know that you might have to fight. Fighting's not easy. If fighting was intended to be easy, then, you know, it, we would all be winners. We would all be champions. It's the winners and the champions that stand out in the crowd. It's the winners and the champions that get to enjoy life. Why? Because we dug ourselves out of the trenches. We dug ourselves out of being from the in the bottom of the barrel. Whatever situation you're in, Rich Neely is here to say, you can do it. I believe in you. I know you can. God bless you, my friends. Hey, if you haven't yet given this video a like, uh, be sure to give it a like. Share it. Share this video with a loved one or this podcast. What do you guys think? I, I love to hear your feedback. Uh, please make some comments down below. Thank you for subscribing. I'll see you guys in my next show. Today's show is sponsored by ClearFlow Water Systems. Go to clearflow.com to learn how you can save money by ordering factory direct on water treatment systems for your home or for your place of business. That's K-L-E-A-R-F-L-O.com. ClearFlow specializes in saltless systems that do not require salt, and they're really big on providing whole house toxin filters. Filtration. ClearFlow cuts out the middleman, saving you lots of money. Visit their website and give them a call today.